jokes. Blood jokes. Hello. Hi. I'm Casey. I'm Heidi. Together we're the, the Blonde jokes. jokes. And we have really, really cool guests on the show today. Yeah. But unfortunately, I was not able to attend. Casey? Yeah. Oh my gosh. I'm a very busy woman. She is. She's in <laughs> demand. High demand over here. That's all right. And we only had these guests for a very limited window. Mm-hmm. So Heidi did the honors of interviewing them. They're amazing. And it's fantastic. And I can't wait for everyone to hear this because it is wonderful you did such an amazing job thanks casey yeah thanks for doing it it's my pleasure we missed you Uh, you know talk they talk about you do they interview yeah oh my god well without further ado let's kick it off to this interview please welcome gisela chipe and joseph castillo midget in town for their incredible project this boy's vida made in america here we go here we go we are here with Gisela Chipe and Joseph Castillo Midyet. They are here fresh off one of many film festivals that their beautiful film, This Boy's Vida, Made in America, has been dominating. Woo-woo! Yes! <laughs> it is a beautiful story about, uh, it's an autobiographical story, in fact, about the creator, Joseph Castillo Midyet, and his younger self growing up in an environment that is extremely challenging um, and also rich with issues that we are, you know, talking about consistently in the media and in film today. But I have seen this beautiful piece of work and I believe that it is the best representation of of this particular topic that I have seen. It has so much heart and um, and I feel like it's really gonna. I'm excited to see it get distributed. Thank you, and thank you so much for your kind words, Heidi Marie. That's really amazing to have such a a response to Joe's series. Can you tell everybody just a little bit about why it was important to you to tell this story? Just going going to the theater and being seeing shows on a daily basis because that's what we do as actors and be like wow there was not a person of color in that yeah Yeah, it just drives me crazy when people talk about that history history is like well it's not historically accurate yeah they also weren't wearing makeup and furs (laughs) you know they didn't wear deodorant and (laughs) they didn't have a beauty light shining on them and actually that's not the powder they were using so what, what is accurate about what we're watching here other than the fact that the sun was out. Absolutely. We're better a place to use artistic license. I mean, mm-hmm. if people are, if we want the content to speak to people, why not actually have it mirror them, whether that was historically, quote unquote, accurate or not. I think Hamilton is a great indicator of that, that people will respond to history, even though they understand and know that these were not the people of these races. And actually it heightens it that it's still today we still have issues with people in power and not being of of a more diverse uh cast i would say two things you make me think of too one the bible and how you know i know growing up for me jesus was a long flowing brown-haired <laughs> white guy and we know that historically that is 
completely inaccurate that yeah. he not only was he he would have been dark skinned he would have been closer yeah. to uh african descent nigerian that kind of region mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and also he wasn't a particularly attractive person mm. that mm. that was um as you know that he, historically he is he's yeah. painted as this chiseled jaw yeah. but he was not what we would consider you know classically handsome um and that it was actually the power of his speaking that compelled Mm. these people and not because they just thought he looked like a supermodel in a robe Mm. and and what another indicator again or example of of people trying to bring the message to their people Mm -hmm. trying to make it look like who they're trying to reach and then it's it's the height of hypocrisy to say oh well we forgot that we changed the the race and mm-hmm. the look of this person to speak to us, and now we're judging you for wanting, yeah, to to acknowledge the actual roots of 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 that person. Yeah, and I think you're right. You were talking about Hamilton. I think, I think that the more we see ourselves in people that don't look like us, yeah. the more we realize that it is a common conversation and not limited to the color of our skin or our eyes or our hair or where we grew up or our socioeconomic background. Yeah. You know, and I would say that one of the finest performances of, um, Amadeus that I've ever seen was done by you. (laughs) And, um, make me feel so good. Well, (laughs) um, but no, I, I think that, um, that we have a lot to learn from each other and, and that's something I cannot watch this boy's Viva made in America every single time I watch it I get choked up because Mm -hmm. it is so authentic it is so real and from uh, the heart and I feel like it is a a version of a story we don't see in the media you know it's really easy to watch the news and think about um, things like immigration because in your story Mm -hmm. uh, one of the plot points is that this young boy um, running from immigration and and what that looks like yeah. um for through the eyes of children versus what it looks like to be looking at it the way it feels like today in media fiscally mm. fiscally or politically speaking yes. or as a talking point not like really getting into it and being like what would that be like mm-hmm. to actually be scared to be sitting in a parking lot that that should you even not stop for enough seconds at a stoplight that someone could stop you and say, Hey, show me your papers. Mm-hmm. I mean, I just as like a very simple thing. My, my father, uh, Ecuadorian descent, I- indigenous, uh, and Afro kind of mestizo vibe coming to Brazil. He would always say to us coming in the United States, once we moved here from Brazil, he would be like, once we were driving, do you have your papers? And I would always question, like, Dad, like, why would you say that? I, did, I didn't even think about it. I was just like, oh, that's just Dad, you know, translating from Spanish to English, not really. He just would say, instead of papeles, he would say papers. And now it becomes so much more apparent to me. And he was like, it's, it was like, I asked him today, I was like, why did you say pap- papeles? And he was like, well, for me, being a dark-skinned man, even in Brazil, if I got stopped... And I didn't have my papers showing who I was, that I was an engineer, that I was a citizen, and that I mattered, 
quote unquote people would take me in they wanted money it was it was a it was a it was a big deal to not have your papers so I think really illustrating that for people and making them feel that is I think an important part of what we're doing with this boys vida made in America because those experiences really made Joe and we're obviously taking some artistic licenses in mm-hmm. some areas as well so that we can help people get in there not everything that happened mm-hmm. actually happened to Joe but I think it's important that we feel it and see it not just hear it as a talking point yes and I will say too that actually um uh data backs this up that people want to see representation yes. we were talking about that we were uh hearing Latasha Gillespie I'm not sure if it's Gillespie or Gillespie how you mm-hmm. say it but she's a uh, head of diversity at Amazon and uh, she's really advocating for all of us to tell our stories and she provided some data that said I think it was either 57 or 67 percent of 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 people of color who watch media are looking for representation they're watching it so that they can see themselves mm-hmm. represented and she said an interesting another bit of data that they pulled white people and said what are you looking for and they they said we're just looking for we're looking for connections 67 percent are looking for connection with people and those aren't mutually exclusive you can mm-hmm. definitely have people of color having connection and relationships and telling those stories and still make very good money because I know you know money talks in this business so it's mm-hmm. important that we have that data to show yeah that it's actually fiscally smart to yeah. represent uh, you as as the writer creator what what had you sit down and say I need to write this story what were you not seeing that you wanted to see there's that's a two-prong kind of equal level thing is we kept going overseas for stories or we kept going to the middle east for these like heart-wrenching stories and then not this is not to take anything away from those stories or africa or you know or we go back in time and i thought these stories are happening right here right now this is we don't talk about it mm-hmm. we don't have to go that far we talk about it now like oh oh just there are good blocks and bad blocks well i i grew up on the bad block and i and what really burned me up is it would constantly be appropriated by uh, by people who didn't live that and i'm talking not talking color of skin i'm talking about people of a social economic class and i said those aren't your stories but they love they love to live them the life but love to slum it up when they want and that really that really bothered me and i thought well who better to tell this but and another big thing was i don't know in what world people live in where it's only black people it's only brown people it's mm-hmm. only white people it's yeah yeah those pockets exist but that's not the real world you interact with people and Growing up, one of my best friends was Pakistani, and he was Robbie, and then he was Pakistani. And when we went to his house, it always smelled bomb-ass good, and (laughs) his mom was always nice, and his dad was quiet and stern, and we took off our shoes. And then when we went to Trong's house, he's Vietnamese, and we still took our shoes off, and (laughs) mom was always really cool, and dad was really stern still, and we just happened to eat a lot more rice. (laughs) And then, you know, when we went to my house, it was like, okay, well, we don't, our starch is a corn, so we eat more 
tortillas in this place but we still took our shoes off and mom was really nice and dad was hella stern and i was like that's the world we live in we don't live in this weird homogenized world that we see on tv where it's only black people only white people and don't get me wrong those those only black communities those only chinese communities those only native american communities the bout that scale needs to be hard in their favor for a long time you know people keep saying oh, are you happy with how far things have come uh. and i feel like the, that is a precursor or a polite way of saying is it enough yeah. and i want to be it's not going to be enough until it's rare that a white person is the lead of a show it's not going to be enough until that is just so far from our thoughts. Like right now, we're yeah. talking about like in Endgame spoilers, where <laughs> there's that moment where there's all women. Yes, and, I uh, cried. <laughs> so beautiful. That is just like, a, that's like, is it is it changing it? Fuck no, it's not. If we just show a bunch of women for a half frame of a second in a yes. movie and people start to cry. Yes. That, that means it's okay next 50 years we got to keep doing that till it's not in the conversation anymore yes so that's expected that's, that's, yeah, that's the norm exactly yeah. for sure absolutely and i'm tired i'm so i'm just so tired of going into plays or going into anything and seeing oh this is a, a latino play and mm -hmm. by the way, everyone who's making decisions is not even Latino, mm -hmm. but we wanted to appropriate it. And we just felt like we had to make control because we want to keep in power. And we're really all about inclusion as long as it includes us. It's very, it's very hard because we obviously don't want to alienate allies as people of color, um, people who are not of color necessarily but who are in powerful positions and would like to in embrace and encourage and growth in the POC community but at the same time when you talk about diversity it used to be that it was only one person's idea of diversity what these people in power largely white people who were saying this is what diversity looks like it was like one black dude one Hispanic person maybe a woman and then the rest of the people white mm -hmm. and that's not really diversity so we also have to consider diversity of thought diversity of, of approaches diversity of of views of life you know mm. sexuality uh religion lots of different diversities mm -hmm. in one space and and be open to that my diversity may not look like your diversity mm -hmm. and that we need to encourage that mm -hmm. discussion in, especially in those power making rooms yeah in the room where it happens it's just it's so important i feel like it's all has to be like um if it's yeah i get it you have the power and when you're the boss and you happen to be white and i'm talking primarily like white european um or of that descent uh because you can be latino and be white too yeah we come in all colors uh, PSA, Latinos come in all colors, okay? Yeah. <laughs> so just remember that when you're like, wait, you, you have blue be. eyes and blonde hair mm -hmm. and you speak Spanish? You're Latino? Yes. Also, very black, yes. curly hair, mm -hmm. blue eyes, green eyes, brown eyes, who's speaking Spanish? Yes, they're Latino people. It's called evolution. Mm -hmm. it's, it's crazy. 
Mm-hmm. If if you need proof, watch the Olympics. It's crazy. It's anywho. It's I feel history. like when you're in those power positions, your job is to is to pull people into that room that can you can hand the baton off to and still yeah. check in. And I feel like a great way to say this is like, if I had all the money, Joe Joseph Castillo Mediet, and I wanted to do uh, all black or all female superhero movie it would be weird if i was the one to direct it it would be weird i my job would be hey guys i want this to happen here's the money i'm gonna check in on you and i'm gonna nudge you to the left nudge you to the right but i i don't need to be in the room i'm i'm please help me let's put this it needs to be of the community. of the community mm, yeah. the dragons need to make a piece about dragons they don't need <laughs> the crocodile to be in the oh hey guys uh, i'm gonna i'm a crocodile but i'm gonna teach you all about dragons mm. that and you're all in a room full of dragons it doesn't make sense yeah sorry that's it's, a rant it's, i, need to I think off my part of what you're saying no. is is that tastemakers have been tastemakers for a while and they know what's been working in the in the market but the market is changing the audiences are changing access is changing so by i think to extend what you've been saying joe is that you know, you if the alligators are coming in saying, oh, dragons, you need to do it this way. Mm-hmm. I think they're talking about, like, what sells. But also, is that reflective of the audience and what they want to see? Or what they want to buy. Or what they want to buy, yeah. guys. Like, yeah. again, your your money talks, so tell us what's what you want to see. I think three things that um, you guys made me think of one being, uh, Joe, you you said something earlier about, oh, is it, are you happy about that? <laughs> there's there's almost this tinge of like, <laughs> yeah. can we stop now? Exactly. Yeah. Um, is it over about yet? Specifically, are you um, happy with how far diversity has come? Yeah. No. <laughs> it, it's it, it, that that comes in so many layers, especially yeah. like the the female conversation as well. Um, and something that I and I'd love to hear your thoughts about this. Um, something I think is really interesting constantly I'm seeing castings in which they are using the female roles to satisfy their idea of checking a diversity box so they can still hold on to the white male presence in the piece. So, um, there's a lot of notices that will say things like, I I saw it recently for a very prominent theater company for a repertory company. They were like, basically we want all white men, but we know we need diversity. So we're going to use all the women to satisfy that. And then there was another theater company in Los Angeles recently that had a casting call. They were doing a Neil Simon play. I'm going to be so angry right now. They were doing a Neil Simon play and they had like five men, uh, maybe, maybe more. It was at least five men and they had, um, one male, if possible, diverse 
was one of the, but wow. the rest, they were all white males. Mm. There were two female roles mm-hmm. and one was absolutely African-American that they, that only African-American women apply for this part. Mm. And it's Neil Simon. We all know that the role was not written that way. They were obviously trying to satisfy some idea that they, we want to have diversity, but we're not going to give up the male roles. So we're going to go for the female. That's really interesting. And then the second female role, they wanted a trans woman. So it's ridiculous. I I just I feel like diversity and inclusion are 100% important, but I want to know why mm. if you want to have a diverse cast, why the Caucasian character is always male. For the most part, I I see a lot of if I've got to have a white person, it's going to be male. I can't have a white female. Um, or my idea of a white female. Right. I've got to make the world know that I'm a good person, and I'm sorry I'm talking out of school, but no. but um, no. but I There's feel no like school's been out for a while. Women of all races, all all gender orientation, yeah. that we all what we all deserve a seat at the table. But there's like this silent stronghold of patriarchy under there that's terrified to give up. But we gotta have a white male. No, actually, why? Why? I'm. I love white male. I love them. <laughs> I love the white men. But I don't know why I have to see them in everything. Yeah, I I I can't answer that because I I mean what I will say from my estimation being a light skinned Latina that there's like a lack of diversity in people's idea of diversity. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's really That's all good. the way that I can explain it. And also I think what you're pointing to is a, is a lack of willing to give power mm-hmm. up in a way that you don't recognize. Yeah. It's your question while poignant is like trying to figure out why someone is a dumbass at running their business. It's just like, yeah, their blockbuster and Netflix is here, and there's still people who are like, you know, I really go to the, I, I'm, I really think VHS is gonna just, <laughs> it's coming back, man. <laughs> people like to go to the movie blockbuster place and just pick out a movie and maybe buy some of their popcorn. I like, I, I think that's gonna be around forever. And you're like, okay, cool, yeah. That's the, the, the same. The people running that those companies are the same people that were like, you know what? I know, but I feel like I think a letter. I don't think this email thing will ever take off. <laughs> like, mm, I don't buy it. Watching a movie on my phone, I just don't see it happening. <laughs> and just like, okay, yeah, cool. You just let out a little f- flyer that basically told me, hey, I'm a dumbass. Do you want to come work for me? Yeah. And I'm basically. like, thank you. Nope. Next. And I think that's what we can do as artists and as, um, I mean, obviously. <laughs> We're always looking for work, man, and I, I, I would not begrudge anyone who would answer to any of those notices to say, of "Hey, course. please cast me." Yeah, because you gotta pay the bills. Yes, but damn, like if if you're <laughs> if you have a choice of whether to support some a theater that is making choices like that versus another theater who is taking some bold risks, who is actually producing good work, mm-hmm. risk doesn't necessarily equate lack of value right it actually just looks a little different than what you've seen and you might be surprised at the viewpoint that you'll encounter seeing something that you've never seen before absolutely i feel like i feel like 
while I, I love what you're saying, I feel like it's just bad business. Bottom line, bad business. Mm-hmm. You obviously don't understand that the market for Neil Simon and having a Caucasian lead, that market died in the 80s. Yep. Yeah. They will die. Those companies, those people, they will die. They will fall to the wayside. And I think we should ensure that they do. Yeah. We don't, or, or send them a message to the be dollars like, will the dollar the dollars spend, will. Your do- spend your dollars in places where you admire the work that's that's happening yes. and you support their causes support. that's it it's just demand mm-hmm. it, 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 who who's who owns a horse and buggy mm-hmm. everyone ha- who has a car mm-hmm. it's, it's just like teslas it's exactly. just like electric cars you don't have to okay mm-hmm. you you want to fight for diesel and fossil cool it literally makes more dollar sense and the demand is there mm-hmm. to go the other way. So why would you? It's a no-brainer. And yep. if Okay, cool. Bye. Good luck, bro. On a lighter note. Mm. <laughs> Blonde jokes. What blind jokes? <laughs> um, what do you like what lights you guys up about the future? What are you excited to to work on next? What are you excited to see in the industry? Um, is there anything really inspiring that, um, that you've had happen as you've been able to tell this story and share this story with people more and more? For me, it's a, do you mind if I go first? Please. For me, it's this mindset that, that I'm, I've got into and, uh, not to be vague, so I'll break it down for your listeners. Um, I've just, I've realized a couple of things. One is dream big because it's just as much work to make a small dream happen as a big dream. So you might as well go for it. The second thing is, is um, I've been lucky enough my whole life to, uh, my whole adult life to be make most of my income as an actor. Um, and I've been trying to make additional income to raise money for, to shoot uh, uh, this boy's view that, uh, in its entirety. And I've had to spend precious life hours and blood doing stuff and I don't want to do and I realize oh I, I I lucked out and that this thing that I love found me and I work like there is no work-life balance I just work at it but it's <laughs> what I love doing and so I have to pull his hands from the keyboard sometimes like stop yeah. take yeah. a break eat something <laughs> breathe um, some fresh air yeah. in nature Aww. And so that mindset, those he's two, that passionate about yeah, it. but I, it's because I, I love it. Yeah. But those two things of like, dude, it's going to be hard. There are no fucking shortcuts. You, you love what you're doing. So, um, embracing like, okay, what does hard mean? Hard just means I have to plan it out and it's going to take some work and I can, uh, incrementalize it to where it it's bearable. It's almost for me like being in a boat and like, dude, you're lost at sea. I know the sail is up. Cool. We're going to, you, I know you want to wait, but that sail, the wind's probably not going to pick up. So here are your two oars. It's 50 miles. We'll do 10 miles a day. We'll be home in five days. And you can make your project. You can do anything if you just plan it right and know it's going to be hard and accept the time it's going to take and not make yourself crazy. Here we go cuz I'm about to launch this fundraiser and I'm going to call I'm going to call on everyone I know to yes. help pitch in and if I can do it right, 
you know, if I can get 20 bucks, 20 bucks from a couple of people, we should be able to make this work. That's kind of where I'm at. That's exciting about the future. Like, okay, I can do this. I can do this. (laughs) Well, I think that's exciting too, because your, the story is so beautiful. You, while people are contributing because they love you and they believe in you, it's also them being a part of changing storytelling in this world Absolutely. To, to reflect the world. Mm. So we, they're part of something. It's what, one of the things that's really exciting about having audiences be in on the ground floor with storytelling is that they can really touch and impact how we make stories, how at the level at which we can carry them out. And really we can't do it without our community mm-hmm. of support. It's one of the things that super excites me about the kind of new market that we're emerging in as artists, as creators, as as audience members, frankly, that, you know, we used to maybe sit back and be passive and, and let the taste makers, quote mm-hmm. unquote, give us the entertainment and tell us what we should be worried and, and focused on and care about. But now we're pushing back and saying, look, that does not actually um, look like my reality. And I need to, I need you to tell my story. And if you can't do that, I'm going to tell it myself or get with people who do. Mm-hmm. That super excites me. Um, I can definitely say that this this life is not always easy as a creator, as a as <laughs> um, a visionary. As I, I hope that I that I can be, I'm, I'm doing my best, but it, I can get down sometimes. So, what I have found is really connecting with with other people who are in the space, making things, who are at higher levels, at at you know something that I can aspire to. People who have quote unquote made it in my mind I'm sure that they feel in their own that they are still making it you know that's the thing we're always making it and making it better and trying to think well of ourselves as we as we move forward and do it better um that this weekend was really impactful for me in that regard connect reconnecting um so like yeah just I think that excites me to get out of myself and and see what other people are doing I really want to find the the latino tastemakers who are out there making that thing happen and go because it's it's so it's so important to see how how ourselves doing it in a way that i had never even thought was possible um i i've always loved poc stories i'm uh you know i'm a huge fan of Fruitvale Station of, of, of like largely black stories. Um, and the reason is because I didn't really see a ton of Latino content, especially not only watching Univision or, you know, that there's like, now we have Jane the Virgin, something like that. That's like more readily available for people. And the first pilot I saw of that, I was like, Oh my God, that is my family. That's my abuelita. That's, (laughs) you know, that was me. I can, I can speak Spanish and, and understand and speak in English and everything. And so like our POC brothers and sisters, like we can, it doesn't have to be, um, I don't know, like so bifurcated and like only one color or one direction. I think we can really take inspiration from each other. And yeah, absolutely. like, 
I'm a light-skinned Latina, but I could not find a, a more excited individual in the middle of Minneapolis wanting to go see Black Panther when I was doing a show. And I was like, anybody want to come see this this film with me? Because I am so excited. I'm going to make a party of it. And we got a group, of, a big group of people together. And we supported. And, like, I, I fucking... I love, I love that. I love that our POC brothers and sisters are making good shit, showing people that it's not only like extraordinary and beautiful what we can show of ourselves, but also like mad business sense. It's mm-hmm. so good. Like Black Klansmen, I cried in moments yeah. where like they're in that bar scene where they're just dancing and like, oh. like beautiful, just just POC beauty, man. Mm. I mean, and I know specifically, like I'm enjoying this as a light skinned Latina. So like, how much how much that have been in the black community? Mm-hmm. Like, uh, I I hope it was amazing because it was amazing for me, and that's what I, I I like about specific storytelling and connection is that it doesn't actually matter what race you are or what culture you grew up in, because um, I think you know we we separate people by color a lot and there's mm-hmm. colorism in, in our communities. Whatever mm-hmm. I think, what we connect to is good storytelling at a high level and we can't do that without people's support that's what i'm excited about can i just say one more thing i'm excited about yes i'm excited to like finally being recognizing like who's in my posse Mm -hmm. um and having you heidi and my posse and gisela and some other people that i've met along the way like whoa this is my this is like my these are my homies these are my these are people i get down with these are the people who like if I was in, you know, um, the Godfather and I was a Godfather, these would be like the people at my dinner table. And I'm like, oh, yeah, that, I, it's so crazy because you watch the the Godfather and you see Scarf or whatever, Scarface or mm. whatever, and they've got this posse of people around. My table of people who sit around me are gay and they're they're black and then I, and then they're they're tall and they're blonde and they're light skin this or dark skin that and you're and and they're people who it's like at a it's the misfits it's been like whoa this is my table this is what my these are all my this is my posse <laughs> and you, you know to i'm excited for this uh, blonde jokes i mean what you guys have done together is uh, it's incredible it, like like for the listeners that know you know it's incredible and for listeners who are like jumping in on this or maybe finding it a year or two after it's made or right away and you're listening like oh yeah man that what they're doing is incredible and i just i just hope i can catch some of that lightning that you guys have oh my gosh oh my gosh guys thank <laughs> you I, you make me think so much because the, the reason that i started acting in the first place was because i know that it is the fastest way to change lives mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. storytelling is it is the only way to compel a human being to make a decision different than they would have made before because Mm -hmm. it isn't politics it isn't news it isn't someone talking at you it's someone standing alongside you and showing you something that you can see yourself in and in that they're offering you a new a new ending and and that has um Mm. that's what you Mm. are doing in in having this beautiful story up there that so many people of 
every color, every orientation can see themselves in. And, and every time we do that, we get a little closer to something greater. And part of the mission behind Blonde Jokes is that we wanted to flip the joke and stop being the butt of the joke, mm. that we wanted a new conversation. And and we've always firmly believed that, you know, if you can laugh at it, you can change it. The mm. minute we can start making jokes about how ridiculous something is, that's the moment when you're like, oh, yeah, golly, that's been happening for how long? So let's get on maybe changing that now. Uh, you know, I was on the train the other day, and uh, I live in the Bronx, so it's like I don't really notice the people I get on the train with until it changes as we go down in numbers in the city. So I hit about 14 streets, and now I'm like one of the original only train riders of the Bronx, and there was this dude in the corner. You know, you as soon as you get down past 14th street clothes get real tight and then the hood people wear loose clothing and so there's this this black dude in the corner and he's you know got his headphones on he's playing and there's this woman who's been staring at him since she got on like 96th street and she's like like i'm like go talk to him go talk to this dude because he has a rubik's cube and he's solving it and then he messes it up. He looks around and he, and he solves it in under a minute. She messes around. And she finally gets up and she goes and he says, and you could just see like her mind was blown away when he took off his headphones. He was like, oh yeah. And he just spoke so elegantly. And he just said, oh yeah, it's, you know, it's just a series of random puzzles, but it's just like anything, you know, it's, you just practice and you can figure out and it's, it's really just the matrix and once you understand the matrix it's very simple to replicate and i thought that's what the show's about is if you can get those two people to talk to themselves and and realize that these that we're that we're all in this america together that these are our this is that's what it's about it's it's that little piece of fabric that little piece of something that is so thin but is so powerfully there that that separates these social economic classes that separates these experiences and if you if we can somehow cross those things in a visual way without preaching we can really get to understand each other more yes yes snaps 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 we we live in a very very exciting time and as you were saying earlier, off the record, Heidi Marie, I mean, about that young man speaking about his experiences from Venezuela. It's like, we're pretty privileged, like, as a whole, mm-hmm. as a nation right now. Like, there's a grocery store very near here that has is full of food. Mm-hmm. So we don't have to worry about some of those things. It doesn't even think cross our mind that when you walk into a store, the food won't be there. Right. Mm-hmm. And for some people, even if there was food, they still don't have access to that. And mm-hmm. so that, like, that's still a problem in the United States, and that's part of what we're trying to show with this boy's vida. But also, again, yeah, people don't want to be preached to. They want to yeah. be told a story to. And let them walk away with their own meaning. I'm not here to give you the meaning. I'm just here to tell you the story. And what you walk away with is what you walk away with. And I feel like that's the problematic is a lot of the time in our POC community is we want to get preachy. We want to mm-hmm. tell them what to think. No, man, they need to walk away and, and figure something out. And it's been Billy gets something different than Barbara gets something different than Añejo gets 
something different than Mario. They get something different than fill in the blank and and Tron gets something different. You know, that's really interesting not to talk about politics because I don't want to talk about politics. But <laughs> um, but I really, what you're saying, Joe, makes me think of how many times we've all heard people say, I know personally, uh, I I vote with my gut or I just don't like that person or I like that person. Um, yeah, I, 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 they're with, I agree with them on the issues, but there's something about them. I just, I don't like. Mm -hmm. And part of that I think is, I, 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 we want to be compelled. We want connection Mm -hmm. and, uh, and we seek it in every part of our life no matter what we do yeah. if you were locked in solitary you die thing, exactly you would yeah. literally die the, the, it's it's called cruel and unusual punishment to be locked in solitary mm-hmm. we have we we are literally it's in our dna because the ones that didn't want to be in the tribes they died off and they didn't procreate to have babies it's the reason we crave that connectivity is because back before Neanderthal, you know, they died. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and and the, the rest of us were Poor like, Lucy. yo, yo, if we stay together, we did this. Oh, this is nice. You know? Mm-hmm. And then body heat, body heat. And, oh, Hey, I, I can talk to you about my shit. Oh, Hey, fuck. Let's run it out, bro. Let's run it out right now. Um, but no one wants to fucking, it's like life, man. You can't, we give no answers in the series. We just pop up a bunch of images and how you think they're created or, or sewn together. That's up to you. And I don't know. Hopefully, like you said, I love that, that you can flip the script in your real life and do something different. Wow, that was amazing. Wow. 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 <laughs> Honestly, thank you so much for interviewing them and for getting all that insight. And we're so happy to support and further this message because it is important to us. And, you know, it it's just an, it's an important message to get across and, and to, to share. And, you know, as... As performers, yes, but also as producers, we just, mm-hmm. it's really important to us. Representation is really important to us. And and people. And people. So this has been Women on Women, just two women. Wait, what? Wait. The program for women. By women. Just two, two women, women on women. women. And, you did it. That uh, was the closest we ever got. Yeah, that was good. We'll get it eventually. <laughs> um, and if you're listening to us, uh, be sure to check us check us out on YouTube um, at Blonde Jokes the Series or Instagram at the Blonde Jokes. And okay. also on Patreon. Patreon. <laughs> pa- Patreon, the Blonde Jokes. So, yeah. And we'll see you next time. We'll see you next time. All right. Yay! Mwah! Entertainment Podcast Network. Entertainment and culture. Artist owned. Fan supported.